You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. Tonight, actually. This is the AP Laboratory post-game show discussing the dress rehearsal. We uh, we got to see a, a decent sample size of the first and second team offense and defense. Uh, so uh, that was really nice to see. The Chiefs lose 27-17 to the San Francisco 33ers. I am joined by my dear pals in the AP Nerd Squad. Start with him. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane, what's going on, man? This is actually a Bob Sutton appreciation podcast because he ruined or he shut down not only Peyton Manning's career, not only Andrew Luck's career as he retires, but he is the man. They got Tom Brady benched in a game because he was getting blown out so badly. So I think that we need to change our tune about Bob Sutton going forward, yeah? I mean, it's not... (laughs) A bad idea? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Of course, it's a bad idea, Maddie. I'm not. I am not wishing Andrew Luck any hatred, even though he's caused us some all, you know, some personal anguish here. But Andrew Luck retiring because he he just doesn't want to go through rehab again, doesn't want to go through everything again. I get it. I get that. So, uh, good luck to him going forward. I guess the Colts got significantly worse tonight. That was a a main rival for the Chiefs, so that's a big deal. It's an absolute stunner. I I am still just I'm so surprised. It's it's crazy. It's kind of sad. Uh, Ryan Grigson completely destroyed what was considered the standard at the quarterback position for uh you know for a quarterback prospect and now we are we're we are deprived of of Andrew Luck's you know the second half of Andrew Luck's career I'm kind of I I'm frankly I'm I'm kind of disappointed I know you know obviously it probably helps the Chiefs tonight right and probably helps the Chiefs moving forward but I just I like when good football Um, players yeah I mean yeah good for Andrew Luck 100 million dollars in the bank gonna go off and you know, probably work as an accountant for fun. Uh, good well, for him. That, just like, uh, he gets it, out of this. It's clearly a grind. Like, I think it shows through his wear and tear, not only just the physical injuries, but I think you can see that Andrew Luck is somebody that kind of puts everything into the game. And it's weighing on him. Like, he's talked about it a little bit without being so upfront about it, but he doesn't get to do what he wants to do all the time because of football. Now he gets to go do it. It's a crazy time to retire. I mean, he's only 29 years old. He's coming off of a very good season. They're making the Super Bowl push. Now he's out. Just good for him to make that decision. Good for him to know what he needs to do to be happy going forward. And yeah, it does help the Chiefs. That probably is the one of the bigger contenders to be a Super Bowl, uh, represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So Chiefs fans can feel better about that. And it's not like Andrew Luck is 
like his life is threatened or anything like that with an injury or an illness. He just wants to get away from football. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, again, best of luck to him going forward. Chiefs path to the AFC championship game. Got a little lighter. Jacoby Brissett. He ain't gonna do that, guys. That he that's a significant drop off. So quick, can't yeah, Kirk Cousins to Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. Ooh, it's close, I, man. Uh, that based one. on what we saw, Kirk Cousins tonight, Maddie. Jacoby Brissett is much cheaper. I'll say that too. I think Jacoby Brissett's pretty good, actually. I think the Colts are in a decent spot. I know people are freaking out about what position they're in now, but if you're a Colts fan, see what Jacoby Brissett can do. I think he's better than he's getting credit for. Don't know if he's a Super Bowl-level t- quarterback, but he's good. He's You're fine. Yeah. Let's get to Chiefs. Yeah, How maybe. about we talk some Chiefs? Does it have to be? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. talk some Chiefs. And let, Yeah, no, we're going to talk about the Chiefs because uh, the Chiefs still have their quarterback, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, in the first-team offense played for uh, I think Mahomes got like a quarter and a half and what a quarter and a half it was Mahomes I he looked great uh he looked really really good 12.6 yards per attempt including a really nice up and down ball on a wheel route with anticipation to Damian Williams uh for a 62 yard touchdown I really like that play uh Maddie what did you think of the reigning MVP tonight I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a very good football player, and I think that tonight just showcases that he's a very good football player. I don't know if there's much to talk about with Patrick Mahomes. He was good. He was great. He looked crisp. He looked sharp. He rebounded from a relatively lackluster game last week against the Steelers. This is what you wanted to see if you're Chiefs fans. I'm glad they got him out of the game relatively quickly, especially after he decided to scramble and dive headfirst into three players or something wild. So I'm glad he got pulled out after that. He knew it was the end, though. That was the end for him. He looked good. That's what we needed to see. He got other top-tier starters involved, so we're good to go now. That's all I wanted. Get him out. We're good. I am fine never seeing Patrick Mahomes scramble in the preseason ever again. <laughs> that that was honestly terrifying, especially he dove head first. Guy, I, how? okay, serious question. How badly do we think that Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka, and Andy Reid reamed him when he got to the sideline there after that run? Like it, I, it had to be bad, right? They they probably weren't happy. The funny thing is, the beginning of that play looked like the throw to Conley against the Niners. He started to roll left quickly decided to change his direction and roll back right. It started to look kind of like the play that he made uh, in the other end zone uh, in the regular season last year. Uh, but I, I honestly, watching Mahomes, watching him play today, he was just so he was so on time with everything. The timing was excellent. He was seeing the field well. He was getting the ball out quick. Um, he was getting the ball out to those receivers out of their breaks like it was just it was a really sharp performance and in that beautiful touchdown uh to Damian Williams Damian Williams looked good uh I think we got a little bit more clarity on the running back position today too Damian looked great and surprisingly uh Daryl Williams was RB2 to go in Darwin Thompson was RB3 and Carlos Hyde didn't get in until the third quarter Maddie. 
Yeah, and I don't think that the Daryl Williams playing before Darwin Thompson or Carlos Hyde said that much. I think it's a guy that you wanted to see play against ones and twos because he's been playing against third stringers and four stringers all preseason. Like It's worth noting that he came in early, but I think you got to step back a little bit and realize this was his first time and last time to play against starting level defenders before they have to decide on the roster. So it only makes sense to get him out there once you pull Damian Williams out. That said, Carlos Hyde playing late into the game, that can't bode well for him. There is no reason. If Carlos Hyde didn't play at all, then I would just sit there and assume that he was still safe right where he was. The fact that he's playing deep into the fourth quarter, that raises a few more questions because if he's on the team, why aren't you just going to use Daryl Williams for that same role? Either way, you're getting. I still think you're getting four running backs. I do think that Carlos Hyde still provides pass protection, something that the other two running backs that he's competing with don't really have as locked down as he does. But besides that, I'm not sure what the Chiefs see in him because it doesn't seem like they have a big plan to use him. Oh, definitely not. Darwin looked explosive. He looked like the Darwin Thompson that we've all seen throughout this preseason. Uh, Damian Williams finally got some good run with the ones and looked fantastic. I know that people were trying to kind of promote Darwin Thompson to RB1. Man, Damian Williams still has this thing on lock. Don't Make no question about it. Damian Williams is the starter here. And Darrell Williams looked really good, actually. He, he was decisive with his cuts. He was pretty quick. He, he did well to run through some guys. He looked pretty good as well. So... Those three guys definitely look significantly better than Carlos Hyde, who was running against lesser competition. So I I don't know. I, I know that we've been high on Hyde as a pass protector and as a guy who can contribute on this team in some ways, but it's starting to look like maybe that's not the case anymore. Uh, my ears certainly perked up when we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting to see Carlos Hyde enter the game. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to, to kind of keep an eye on. Maybe he's getting moved to the maybe maybe the Texans because they don't have a GM. Maybe uh, maybe Bill O'Brien will be you know dumb enough to give up a really nice asset for him. Maybe a, maybe a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick, something like that. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the offensive line because we saw uh, Cam Irving with the ones. Andrew Wiley was relegated kind of as we expected after hearing that Cam Irving was being, you know, was, was, was playing the left guard position during practice this week. Uh, and the returns were a little better than the left tackle experiment, I guess, with Cameron Irving, but... <laughs> It can't be worse. Uh, it can't be worse. I mean, there was only one play that Wiley stumbled could about. Could it be worse than the left tackle sack. performance? So it's about the same, I guess. Andrew Wiley, I mean, it was limited reps at offensive tackle. He didn't look great. I would still contend that he looks better than Cameron Irving at tackle because he has a lot less tape at tackle out there than Cameron Irving does. So you can't really be as bad when it's just such limited tape. As far as that guard, they're roughly the same. I think while he's a little bit better, I like him a little bit better as a run blocker. Cameron Irving has this tendency to cover a lot of space and look really athletic, but not actually accomplish anything. And I even see that a lot in pass protection. He's so active trying to find help, getting out to the tackle, coming back inside to help the center. But a lot of times he's just spending time moving around, not actively doing anything. And it's just, I'd rather see Wiley in there, get a guy learning the position, developing with the team. 
but Irving isn't a bad offensive guard. If he's going to play offensive guard, that's fine. I'm interested to know why they pulled LDT out and threw Andrew Wiley in at right guard. We didn't really hear much about it. It just happened. And that's concerning, I think, for uh, those of us who want Andrew Wiley to be left guard. Like It was concerning when we heard that Cameron Irving was getting starting reps as left guard for multiple days and that Andy Reid was going to use this kind of tune-up to put Cameron Irving at left guard. Then, instead of Wiley getting all these tackle reps out there, then they bring him in for LDT at right guard. I know that that versatility is key and that he will definitely be a significant member, significant backup member of this offensive line, but... That doesn't really scream that Andrew Wiley is going to be starting at any point unless there's an injury. Just moving him around that much, that's not a comfort level thing. You want those guys comfortable playing next to each other, all five guys as consistent as possible. Him moving around tells me that he's not going to be rotating with those five guys. Right. And that's that's kind of disappointing. Uh, let's see what it looks like week one, I guess. Let's see you know, if these decisions pay off uh, with what they're kind of trying to do along the interior of the offensive line. Uh, keeping Patrick Mahomes upright is paramount. So uh, I hope they don't mess too much with that and, and bad things happen. Let's talk about defense. Oh, uh, real Craig, quick on we, offense. I think we, we, we saw we some good about. things. We have to talk oh, about the, yeah, we have go, to talk about the quarterback consi- position. Go, Matthew. No, we have to because Chase Litton ain't it. Chase Litton does not belong on an NFL roster. If he is the third quarterback and that's still just it's going to end up being a practice squad player over Kyle Shermer, I might lose it because Chase Litton has looked really bad this preseason. He is late on every throw that he makes and inaccurate with it. It's weird to have third-string quarterback, fourth-string quarterback takes but Chase Litton has been bad enough that this is making the podcast. Yeah, I just 100% like, Maddie, agree like, with what Maddie's saying. He looks like cheeks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with you there, Maddie. But like, we, there's bigger problems than who the practice squad quarterback is right now. Uh, how about let's just? I, I was gonna start with something positive on the seven yard drive for Kyle Shermer. Yeah, good for Kyle Shermer. Congrats, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna make you're gonna make a hundred thousand dollars on the practice squad on top of the seventy guaranteed that Andy gave you. Um, but this is your quarterback too next year. Let, we're gonna this talk about some, matters. Henny's gone after this year. No, he Kyle Shermer is not your quarterback too next year. That's just not happening. They're he gonna re up Chad Henny. He one hundred percent no, is. Or, or no, no, this is no. Uh, he's not good. You don't. I mean. Chase Lynn's not good. Kyle Shermer's not good either. Okay. Can we talk Kyle about Shermer's something else Kyle Shermer's significantly better than Chase Lynn. <laughs> He's significantly better. Yes, he is. Yes, I'm not denying that. But that's like, you know what? Uh, never mind. I'm not even going to give you an analogy. It's not worth it. Let's talk about something negative on the defense. We're going to start with Charvarius Ward now because Maddie put me in a bad mood. Uh... <laughs> Charvarius Ward is going to probably start week one in Jacksonville. And if it's any indication of what we've seen during the preseason, I'm terrified of what we are getting out of Charvarius Ward so far. He has regressed. I, he I, he might have, was this his worst game of the day of the of the preseason? Was this his worst game? He definitely Addy? looked 
he looked the most uncomfortable. I think it's hard to classify which is going to be his worst or not because I think he's had some rough moments. There wasn't the real good to balance this one out. So I think that kind of plays a part. But he just looks the most out of place out of all the Chiefs defenders, especially the guys running with the first or second team. His just his transitions, especially when an off coverage, are just so slow. And he looks like he's having to try really hard to think about how he's supposed to come out of a transition, what steps he's supposed to take, what he's supposed to do. I think he's a free five, seven yards anytime a team wants to just throw a hitch route at him, if not deeper, because he's just so slow to transition and flip his hips back around and accelerate to the ball. And then you have a coverage bust like he does. I do believe it was him that was supposed to have Brita on the wheel route. It looks like it's zone. It looks like they should be switching as Ragland tries to pass him off and Ward just doesn't pick him up at all. Mental lapses will happen, but when you're already struggling to like look good in the system or just comfortable, you can't have mental breakdowns too. The problem is the Chiefs don't have anyone to replace him with. They don't have anyone to take over his job. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I, I wrote a little something about Charvarius and Herb Miller from last week. It was more of the same this week. Uh, their faults are very evident. They're not cleaning up. They're not getting better. Charvarius Ward on an out route just can't hang with a receiver if he sells a vertical stem at all. Like, he, he can't transition. He's very clearly in his head. He just can't get out there like that. And he's long enough and fast enough in a straight line to cover vertically, which Herb Miller is not. And we saw Herb Miller get beat to the pylon by a backup, backup, backup running back this week because he just doesn't have the straight line speed to be able to keep up on an NFL field. I wish I could put their good attributes into one player because it would be a functional cornerback, but it's just... It's not right now. And so, yeah, the problem is, as we can get to coming up here, if you want to talk about him, Morris Claiborne also didn't look awesome tonight, Kent. Yeah, but I'm giving him a pass. I bet we see him next week. He's probably getting ready. But regardless of that, I do do want to say this. Um, You know, Brashad Breland got hurt tonight. And... I was like, I, I was, my, my heart sank because Bashad Breland is the best cornerback on a bad cornerback group. And he almost got, like, I, I was concerned that he dislocated his shoulder. They are so paper thin at the cornerback position and they're playing with fire. I, I, I don't see any way that Brett Veach doesn't make a move in the next 15 days. I think it's coming. We might hear something tomorrow because I don't think there's any chance the Chiefs can go into week one with Charvarius Ward or Herb Miller. This coming from a lifelong herbivore fan club member. There's no way for, for two weeks of now. these guys can see the field. It's been an herbivore for two weeks. Well, if you want a bright a, spot, a, a, life, a lifetime. It's felt like a lifetime. There's a, there's a bright spot there. Kendall Fuller has been go solid. Ahead. This preseason, he has he looked he looked yeah, good today. He's, he looked he's real been good. good. I don't think that he's pushing cornerback one status for like. I mean, he will be. For, he could be for this team, but he is not going to be a cornerback one type player in the NFL at least this year for the Chiefs. That's just not what he's going to be. But he's going to be very solid. He's going to be a good player. And Bashad Breland has looked really good this preseason. Yeah, he's had some low moments where he got bites on a double move or something like that. But you get that with Bashad Breland. He's a guy that's going to bite on double moves because he's going to play pretty aggressive. 
trust his speed to make up for it, and sometimes it doesn't. It's going to happen. But other than that, he's made some plays. He's made some flashes. Bashad Breland has very clearly looked like a guy that belongs on an NFL team that's going to make a little bit of a difference. The issue is when you have such a problem on the other side, how much does it help when your best two corners are still kind of a number two corner level player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely no, absolutely. the case. And yeah, it, it, it's rough right now. And it's not like they've got anybody behind him that's really pushing anything. Rashad Fenton is running with a nickel right now, and he's probably been the guy that showed the best of that group, that second group this week, and it wasn't great. He just had a nice pass breakup. So I, it's it's not good out there Here's right a weird now. thing. Why is Fenton playing in the slot? Let's because about- he does not have the change of direction. He's not he a slot. He does not have the he's change of direction slot. to keep up with quick receivers. Like, it happened on a couple different plays where he was just left in the dust when they made a break on him. He just does not have the quickness or the speed to do it. Why is Mark Fields outside and Fenton inside? I, it's baffling. It's baffling to me. But, I, hey, Fenton had a nice return at he least. We'll give him that. I I don't I don't think Mark Fields is making the football team, and that's just another guy you nah. pour pour Doesn't one out for great. him. I just Does not this, look this great. group, man, this whole it's 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 a it's bad, and it's worse than even we thought. And we were all pretty pessimistic about this group anyway. Let's let's change let's let's change the notes here a little bit. Let's talk about something a little bit more positive, because there was a lot of good things to like out of the rotational pass rushers that make up the te- the guys that are going to make this 53-man roster. We saw Frank Clark get his first sack, and also I think he just made an impact. I think he looked good in the run game. I think he just had overall a really solid performance today. Yeah, Frank Clark's kind of put together back-to-back two very good games here, and this game I think he got to showcase a little bit more. You see, saw him make some plays against the run. He's You're not going to be able to run at Frank Clark if you're going to try to run a slow play away from him, you better get a hat in front of him because he will go between the guard and the tackle, and he's going to make a play from the backside. Like You have to account for him at all times on every single play. And then just his general rush plan, the 49ers, especially with Kyle Shanahan, we're still running some just interesting stuff. They're giving you a lot of looks. So Frank Clark, rather than just going speed rush, speed rush, speed rush, like you've seen from Chiefs players in the past, he set up Staley to when they finally did get a third down where it was a traditional drop back. He faked the same power rush he's been showing all game, comes back outside of the speed move, gets a very easy sack and one of the cleanest pass win reps you're going to see on a quality offensive tackle like Staley. So he just knows what he's doing. He's very good. People already knew this, but it was nice to see him actually get to put out that production in this game. For sure. And I think some of the things that I was also impressed by is his ability to get out on the edge. If they were trying to block down on him, he he actually showed some wheels out there. He's known as kind of a power guy and not necessarily a speed guy, but he was able to get out wide and kind of close some gaps a little bit in the run game. Like that's that's positive. That first team run defense, those first couple series, it was actually pretty good. They they moved the ball through the air a little more easier than we would have liked, but on the ground, the first team run defense actually looked pretty good, and that was not in any small part due to Frank Clark. Yeah, and that and that could really help. You know, it, you know, putting them behind the sticks as much as you possibly can, if not letting teams control the game, you know, with the ball control style. 
those things will go a long way. Uh, we saw we saw Chris Jones make a, a play on the ball. Uh, we getting a pass defense on a third down. Uh, probably the best pass defense of the game. Uh, then uh, you know we saw Tano Passio came back in, made another play. I think we uh, he he lined up inside on that one, didn't he, Maddie? Yes, he did. Yeah, so he was actually the first defensive end to play inside. He did that with the first team on the first time. It was a third and long or third and medium to long, which is usually Breland Speaks. That's been Breland Speaks the first two games, but without Breland Speaks available tonight, Passanio took that job. He was a defensive tackle, essentially, on a third and long. And then later in the game, he once again lined up at the tackle. And the Chiefs actually ran just another relatively basic tech stunt just the tackle got super wide for some reason, and Passanio just blew right by the guard that was 100% expecting a little bit of help at some point in time and just never got it. But this is good. You want to see Passanio beat a guy that's uh, beat a mistake. He made this 49ers pay for a mistake that they made. That's positive. I like the usage of him kicking inside on third and longs. I still think Speaks is a little bit better as a D tackle than Passanio as he just plays with better leverage. But the ability for passing to do that could really save his roster spot. For sure. Uh, he looked all right. Uh, he got a little washed in the run game, but that's not new for him. Uh, he, he's got to hold up a little bit better on the edge. That was part of the reason why they were giving up a little bit there at the end of the game. But he does look good inside. He does look good rushing from the inside. He showcases some quickness there. Uh, but backing up, Kent mentioned Chris Jones. Chris Jones also had a great run stop on that third down before that fourth and one or fourth and three, I believe, SWAT that he had there along the line. That's fantastic. Those are the types of plays that you want to be seeing there. They got the majority of their high-paid defensive players to make a significant play tonight. That's about all you can ask for from a preseason game when they're playing vanilla, where they're not really game planning for the offense that they're facing, and they're not really trying to dial up their full complement of plays. So it's good to see those one-on-one wins. Those are positive for the defense. You uh, you guys nailed it. Uh, I, I think we'll take a few questions here from the live stream. We are live streaming, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that at the beginning of the show. DT Smith asks, you mentioned a possible move at cornerback as soon as tomorrow. Throw out some names that are legit possibilities. Uh, you know what? Uh, it sounds like the Dolphins are fire sailing all of their players, so maybe they try to make a move. I don't think Xavier Howard, but if there's any you know possible cornerback talent uh, out in Miami... <laughs> Just, just see what you can get for them. Maybe Josh Norman gets, you know, gets kicked out the door. Uh, that those are a couple names that I think would make sense. I don't think it's going to be, you know, at this point, it it can't just be another, you know, Charvarius Ward type move where you're just trying to swing for a, a guy that might have some talent. You need someone that's going to play and play early. Uh, Danny Atkins asks, is it possible for Herb Miller? to start week one. Maddie, why don't you answer that one? I don't think so. I think that Charvarius Ward's still ahead of him on the depth chart, and uh, Herb Miller's deficiencies, while completely different than Charvarius Ward's, they're just as bad. You can attack Herb Miller specifically. You just had to do it in a different way than you would Ward. And if you're going to attack Herb Miller, you're going to make him run vertically all game long. And once he gets beat vertically, that's a lot bigger play than a seven-yard hitch route. 
you're gonna li- you would rather live with Ward's mistakes and faults than you would Herb Miller's at this point in time until you trust Herb Miller to protect himself a little bit better. And I'm with Kent there. If you're making a move at the cornerback, Morris Claiborne was kind of your low-end starter move, which they already made. They signed somebody. So you're either getting a big-name guy that's going to make a difference or you're getting essentially a guy that's going to fight for a roster spot and then make the team next year. There's not going to be a lot of help in between, so that really limits your options. So I'm not so sure they're going to be able to get a guy that fits that top-end level guy. Unless Josh Norman's available, it's going to be hard to find a guy that's going to come in and start immediately. And I don't know if you need another guy battling for the roster spot. Craig, I've got one for you here. Elton Wilson asks, can the Chiefs turn Carlos Hyde into anything that can help this secondary? Help this secondary? No. Um, we, we've been over this whole, you don't switch cornerbacks to running backs. You really don't switch running backs to cornerbacks, guys. It's it just not the case. No, if Carlos I, Hyde- I think he was asking it. I think he's asking oh. if we could trade. No, no, no. no I'm so sorry. Trade. I transitioned to cornerback after six years in the NFL. You guys, you guys have zero idea, but the mental image in my mind of Carlos Hyde trying to play cornerback, I, w- I was a little bit disgusted. Like that, that you're talking about in a he, trade. He played, I'm so sorry. What are you sorry. talking about? He had an interception. He, he had an interception week no, that one. Was, that was Herb Miller. I don't know. Just because what, what? Trent Green mixed it up. No. That was that was Herb Miller. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, do you think they could tra- get uh, anything in a trade for Carlos Hyde at the quarterback position? I don't think so. If you're getting anything for Carlos Hyde, you're getting a guy that was probably going to be cut, you know, a la like a Parker Erringer, Charvarius Ward level trade. That ain't happening. So I... That's not a guy that's going to... It'll make the bottom of your roster maybe a little bit better. Maybe throw another chip on the table for the future. But that doesn't make you better week one. So anybody trying to think that uh, Carlos Hyde coming in is just going to magically... Or you're going to be able to trade Carlos Hyde for a guy that's going to come in and magically make the secondary significantly better. That's not going to be the case. could be desperate. Oh, I don't think that they're that level of desperate, Maddie. Bill, Bill O'Brien's running things over there, man. All right. Uh, Craig, I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, I think we'll, prob- we'll probably go out on this one. Butch Davis asks, what are the expectations for the pressure packages we'll see in the season, and what can it do to help the coverage on the back end? I think both of you guys can probably provide good answers to this one. So go, go Craig. Uh, um, lots of safety blitzes, lots of nickel corner blitzes. I think we've seen uh, several linebacker blitzes and some, you know, like like Matt said, some tech stunts and things like that. I think we'll get a little more exotic with some of the games that they run up front, but I think they're going to bring a lot of heat from those secondary members. Watching old Spagnolo tape, he blitzed his safeties all the time, and that was something that you always had to account for. It was a late blitz, something that was maybe a little bit late rotating or something. The quarterback wasn't necessarily planning on getting the ball out quickly. He was able to dial up some stuff and create some havoc there. I don't think that what we've seen here is anything more than the most vanilla basic blitzing and basic stunts that he can run right there. 
So I'm expecting something significantly different, significantly more exotic than we've seen so far. Yeah, I think Craig nailed most of it. I do want to say, I think Spags will be willing to bring a lot of pressure on one play. He's not afraid to blitz, not just five guys, but he'll bring six, he'll bring seven, he'll bring a ton of people. He'll throw the kitchen sink at a quarterback at times. So you will have some plays where there's going to be a player open. He's kind of banking on the quarterback not getting to that point of his reads before he gets pressured or is forced into an error. So you're going to see some plays like that. You're going to get, especially if Brendan Daly has some say in it, you're going to get some pretty wild stunts. You're going to get defensive ends coming all the way to the opposite side of the center into the opposite A gap, sometimes the B gap. You'll get some delayed blitzes. I think that's something you'll see a lot of out of the Chiefs as the year goes on is getting Hitchens or Damian Wilson or even Reggie Ragland, who had a fantastic game to start as the Sam linebacker will be blitzing a little bit delayed, just trying to get them a free run up to the middle of the defensive and offensive line. That's something the Chiefs got hit with a ton last year against the Patriots, and it had a great effect. I imagine Daly's going to bring that over with him from New England. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Thank you guys for hanging out with us in the live stream. Thank you for listening to this recap of the dress rehearsal game against the San Francisco 33ers. We will be back for the AP Laboratory mailbag on Monday. We'll catch you later.